Hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden Live, or if you're listening to us on the podcast, the edited highlights. I'm Rod Whiting, group founder, and as ever, I'm joined by our resident horticulturist, John Sterland. Evening, John. <laughs> Evening, Rod. I can never work out, you know, whether at four o'clock, whether it's Late afternoon or evening. I think in winter when it's dark, it's um, evening. It's late afternoon now because it's nice and bright outside. So, Can I first take a moment to thank our group sponsors, uh, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. So we really do appreciate their continuing support in 2023. We've got a host of jobs to be getting on with if we so choose. But we can't slack too much, can we, John? Because spring is very, very close now. Oh, absolutely, Rod. I mean, we should be ready for it anyway. When I go out for a walk, you just touch the U and it's all flowering and all the pollen's coming off. It's fantastic. And the primulas are out. And our robin has actually finished, just about finished the nest. She's wow. uh, lined it with moss and so and she's so she's ready. So I'm ready as well. Yeah. And I've been sewing, Rod. I've been um, sowing some. In fact, I put the fact that I'd sown me um, peppers and every, uh, what are you sowing, I asked. And loads of people have been saying what they've been sowing. And I, I just wanted to uh, mention this because it's quite interesting. I did actually put a photograph on of my peppers under lights, the LED lights. I mean, the modern LED lights now are fantastic because they're so bright in fact, we've got one outside and it drives me mad because the street light, a lot of those are LED and they're very, very bright. But I've got them over my plants because you've got to get this heat light balance right. Everybody probably knows, you know, you sometimes sow something, take a cutting or whatever, put it in a windowsill in winter and it, it grows to a ridiculous length because it's drawn, it gets drawn. Put them under lights and then it keeps them nice and steady, keeps them nice and short, and you get a lovely plant. Years ago, we used to use, um, when I worked at a research station, we used to use the electricity of a small town because some of the lights we had were banks of 12 fluorescents and we, we had a tropical house, and they had to have those lights to match the heat that was in there. And that's what we're trying to do all the time. And you can get these little banks of light quite cheaply now. You yes, know, they're not expensive, are they? Especially no, the low, the low output ones. It's been the saviour, I think, of um, a lot of the lighting. So I put I give them about 16 hours a day. They, they're out in the, the sunshine today, not outside, you know, out in a windowsill. But remember, the earlier you sow, once you're pricking off and, you know, moving them into pots, etc. So you've got to match the room as well that you've got with what you're sowing. So if it's sometimes worth leaving it just that little bit later, say yeah. mid-March, start sowing mid-March. Yeah, and, um, and then you'll probably have a little bit of a little bit more room. But, um, yeah, my tomatoes have come through in four days. I Obviously. tried to get some tomatoes, and they're all sold out. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, you know, the garden centres had no, it was sold, 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 all the way Is down the thing. Really? Yeah, all the, all the tomato plants have gone. Because you can't get them in the supermarket. <laughs> Well, perhaps everybody, everybody's going to grow them this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, why not? I mean, uh, yes, um, you never know. They might, if you go for a, um, an allotment, you might find there isn't any left. Yeah. So, 
it's getting that balance. Uh, that's all I wanted to mention, that yeah. uh, that heat-light balance. And I presume you can get uh, the battery uh, lights now as well. for gre- If you haven't got power to your greenhouse, uh, you'll be able to get battery-led um, lights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many different sorts, yeah. from £9 to £9,000. You know, it depends on what, syst- what, what you're doing. You've just got to work it out what, how you're going to grow, but those seedlings, when they come up, that's the most important time to me to get them under some extra light. Rod, there are there are one or two. I don't know whether people are interested, but if you're sowing begonias um, or pelagoniums, they need to go in now to get them ready for um, June. I mean, a lot of people don't. They perhaps go down the and buy um, you know buy tubers and things like that. In fact, I've got a tuber from last year. And it started to grow, so I'm going to have to put that in a pot of compost and and yeah. keep it going now. And um, the wonderful thing is, when you've bu- when you buy tubers and things like that, you've got them for years. Yeah. And um, you know, it's uh, it's great. It's well, I'm great in my eighth year now with uh, with one of my pelagoniums, and that's still in the garage. Uh, it'll have to come out soon, I think, but um, and go in the this, what the that, the old wash. plant. Yeah. That 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 is amazing because we usually say don't keep them any longer than three years because they get so woody. It, it, it must be woody in inside, you know. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit, but it does produce glorious flowers. So I don't. Yeah, know, I'm going to keep yeah. it going. What you'll have to do, Rod, is take a few cuttings this yeah, year, and we'll I, get get. I some, managed to um, successfully take one last year, so I'll um I'll see yeah. if I can get a couple more this year. And you can right. sow da- dahlias as well. So sow dahlias now, get them going because they'll be flowering end of June into July. Dahlias, yeah. the bedding dahlias now are absolutely fantastic. Right. So, um, yeah, get those sown. And uh, veg, um, I went, I've got loads and loads of seeds from Mr. Fothergill's. I need to get oh, did those. You? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I suppose we need to be sowing things like you, uh, cu- cu- cucumbers. Can we? No, cu- no, a bit too early yet for too the early cucumbers, for yeah. Cucumbers, beans and things like that are, are too early. We need right. to wait for those. Uh, cucumbers, the F1s need more. Well, more heat than the old varieties. Okay. We used to, many years ago, butcher's disease resistor. Every morning you had to take the male flowers off um, to stop them being pollinated, um, or you get a big bulge on the bottom. But now you've got um, F1 hybrid, all-female varieties. Um, but even though, even the all-female varieties, in summer, if you get a cold evening, you've got to watch it because you get a cold evening and a few days later, you can start to get a few male flowers. And if you get a bee in your glass house, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so you've always got to be watching all this modern technology, but it's not all beneficial at times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have I got to uh, to sow? Um, oh, the herbs. I've got loads of herb seeds. So Yes. I, oh, I yeah, marvellous. Yeah, sow your own basil, basil and things like yeah, I've got that. Basil. that. Herbs are just wonderful to grow because yeah. you're adding something that can totally change your meal which is um and you've done it yourself even in a small area and if you're growing herbs always remember folk poor soil red hot sun you get them in as much sun as possible and as poor a soil as possible and that's where we've got ours if you possibly can just outside your kitchen so you can um 
take bits off when you want. Excellent. Well, I look forward to planting those. It won't be for a couple of weeks yet because I've still got loads <laughs> to do. Was that... I'll have to tell you this because uh, I put a photograph up this morning on the site, which you may have seen, of me battling with uh, a bamboo <laughs> root about um, nine years ago. And uh, I had to get a digger in the end. It was so bad. Um, it, it just because it was an old lady that lived here and it had just been allowed to run everywhere. And it, it had invaded everywhere, and it took me months to get rid of it. That's the worst thing, Rod. Always check the garden when you got moved to a house that there isn't bamboo growing. They, yeah. They're wonderful things. Norfolk, there's a, for some reason, people in Norfolk love bamboos, but they are an utter nightmare sometimes. Some of them are even a lot worse than others, but get, getting them out. The wonderful thing is if they start to grow and you cut them down, they don't grow again this that year, mm. from the, but but you've got them there, and uh, yeah. I know they're under. I mean, I've got I put a pear tree in it, and I know there's some some bamboo roots under there, but I'm, I'll just have to keep on top top of them till they've yeah. till they've gone. They're a nightmare. I mean, if Richard Chuck was here, he'd tell you that there are some <laughs> there are some good friendly varieties out oh, there. Oh yeah, that, there's, that's I know this, me, but. they certainly are. Yeah, yeah. once bitten, once bitten. I'm just trying to catch up with some of the questions I've seen around today. Uh, Christine Ware had one. Um, She's going to try carrots in a pot this year as the soil, her soil is too heavy. And uh, she read about sharp sand. Is that any old sharp sand or special horticultural sand? Well, yes, you can get horticultural sand and horticultural grit uh, because it's been washed normally. Um, But yes, have have a go in pot. If you're going to grow them, don't don't go for the little short ones. That is it the Nantes type. Go for the nice long ones, the um, Autumn King and those sort. You might as well use the whole length of your container and get some nice carrots. But yeah, have a go because and carrots, of course, you put them in a container. That that foliage is quite ornamental. You know, you could put them on the patio and it it looks lovely. And there's some fantastic coloured lettuce and all those sort of things. So, great idea. Yeah, have a go. Uh, Now, I'm just trying to find uh, a question that somebody put up earlier. I did actually answer it, but um, you'd be interested to hear your take on it. Right. uh, Which was about uh, lichen. And she was, the, the lady concerned has got a silver birch. And she was concerned about what she, she described as a, gr- a green growth on the, the tree. And I, and I suggested lichen, so I, or lichen. What, what's your thinking? Oh, I mean, it, it, I love our silver birch, our betula pendula. Mm. Um, but as it gets older, it gets very gnarled at the bottom. And so you have to look further up. And as it goes further up, um, you can. it's usually pretty clear because it's in, in midair and the air's getting through, that the Jack Montii and the ones that have got the smooth bark right to the base, they can get, um, um, you know, quite green, it, depending on where they are. Um, I always remember I was filming with filming with Martin Fish on Loving Your Garden, uh, Up the Garden Path uh, many years ago, and we, got, we actually showed people, we got a bucket of water and a scrubbing brush, and we really rubbed it, we um, washed it all off, washed all the green off, and it actually showed the bark. And um, uh, you've, you'll find that with the ornamental silver birch, a lot of the nurserymen will tell you, give them a good, give them a good wash when you're coming out of winter. 
And, of course, when you get rid of all that, then normally as it's drying out in spring and summer, you um, it'll stay gre- it'll stay uh, nice and clean. So, yeah, they, uh, they, they do look nice when they're washed. What do you wash it with? Just just water. Right. You can put a bit. You can put a bit of air. What what a washing up liquid. <laughs> Sorry, it's not the BBC. I'm not, John. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention one unless they've unless they sponsor us. The, the mild green one. <laughs> yes, that's it. Actually, that it's kind um, to your hands. Yes, that that one actually was a recommendation for the control of uh, whitefly at one time. <laughs> yeah. Just that one, yeah. Um, <clears throat> because they couldn't control white fry properly, but the only one was hands that you do dishes can feel soft as your face yeah. in a bit of water, and that controlled white fly commercially. <clears throat> so it had to have off-label approval. But amazing. <laughs> uh, just trying to think of anything other typical jobs. Um, I saw. Oh one... yeah, splitting splitting snowdrops as well. Of course, and everybody everybody mentions it, but obviously we move them in the green. Just split them up, even in flower, because they um, you, you just put them back in, and they'll still stand up and flower, and then die off, and they die off in the place that they've been put. And they um, acclimatize much, much easier than from bulbs. I'm laughing because, uh, as John <laughs> knows, I've, I have a one <laughs> single solitary snowdrop this year. I don't know what went wrong, but uh, it's disastrous. Is that it's where know. they put in as bulbs? Uh, yes, I believe they were. Yeah. Yeah, you might, you might, it might be worth. Um, yeah, just keep an eye out because you might, they might have had a a, a year off. And the bulbs might start to grow again. They're devils from from bulbs. They really are. Yeah, this is the time to to get get them. And a lot of nurseries do supply snowdrops in the green. They like to sell them in the green, so you can put them in, and they'll die off where you put them, and they um, do a lot lot better. Leona Rose was talking about uh, a lawn uh, issue, um, and she's put a picture up, and it does look pretty grim where she's uh, she's had it overwintered. Uh, hard to say what has caused that, but um, in any event, it's. Um, I just did my first cut today. I think some people in the south of the country might have done their second by now, if not more. Uh, it's a bit early, is it, to be putting any no. sort of treatments down? Um, it's a bit early to start treating yeah. t- uh, treating lawns, but just to give them a run over with a mower, you yeah. can do it any time of the year, Very so light. long as it's not so long as there's not frost on it. Yeah. I mean, lawns grow differently in different places. Mine, two dogs. I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed at the moment. I've petitioned a piece off to co- to stop Arby going on it because I don't know whether it's him or whether it's um, chafer grubs, because when I, last year when I took a bit of the lawn off to make the border a bit bigger, there was one or two chafer grubs in there, and I'm wondering, is it is it Harvey or is it um, the chafer grubs? Yeah. So I petitioned that off to see what happens. It's a bit early for any treatment, but no, if you've got a nice, like a day like today, so long as it's not frosty when you do it, you can mow. I mean, they have to mow um, golf courses right the way through the year, of course, putting greens, et cetera. Yeah. 
While you're doing that, Rod, I can just mention to people as well, get preservatives. If you've got any fences and stuff that you want to get preservatives on, do it before you get growth starts. Because, yes. you, you know, you can be fiddling about. So get wrapped up and um, it's quite well, a nice job, actually. To... Although our sponsor um, did suggest last year, didn't he, that um, one way to do it is to get a, a rope behind all your shrubs and then you just... You get a, yep. a colleague to uh, to pull yes. the rope forward and then quickly go in behind it and yes. paint the fence. Yes. Which I was, it's so it. simple, and yeah, I would never have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You'd have been behind there, wouldn't you, Rod, with your, yeah. with your brush and... Yeah, just... swearing at all the thorns and all the rest of it. Yes, um, exactly. J- Janet Dick, just taken delivery of bare root hardy geraniums. At first, I planted them in the ground, but half an hour later, uh, I dug uh, dug them up and put them in pots. Have I done the right thing to keep them out of the ground and wait for warmer weather? They're now in the greenhouse. Personally, I think you could have put them in. Uh, uh, geraniums, hardy, hardy geraniums are would be fine. And um, what I suggest you do is when you put them in, then just put a mulch, a mulch of compost or something around the top, and that will stop the frost getting too far into the soil and they'll be getting the roots out. If you you notice, you walk around your garden at the moment and there's quite a few things that are actually starting to put a little bit of growth on. And roses are getting some really good growths on. Yeah, mine's well, going bananas. Well, that means that the sap's slowly rising. It's yeah. starting to go there. And, yeah, I know it's um, it seems cold outside, but it's not cold to them. No. It's cold to us. <laughs> In fact, on roses, uh, here's a question. Uh, This is from Tina Ryan. Uh, I take cuttings from my garden roses. They mostly come on well, but I was given two bouquets of uh, shop-bought roses. I've taken cuttings. Do you think they will grow shop-bought? Yes, well, if you've – well, they're florist um, roses. They're different different varieties, Mm. but they should do. I mean, put them in a shell – Take the hardwood cutting, just like we normally do with any others, um, pop them in somewhere sheltered um, so that the sun doesn't get on them too too early. That will give them time to callus at the base, and um, you might get you might get them to grow. Yes, and but they they'll, they never really do as well as our outdoor varieties. Mm. You know, they they're not usually fragrant um shop bought roses and they're, they're especially for the florist yeah, um flowers, and they're often yeah. grown often grown in colombia and other parts of the world yeah. and flown in every day to alzmere to the um to the auctions which is a fantastic thing to see <laughs> uh, yeah we've got a joker here look uh look if you're pruning watch out for satellite cables if you're pulling your shrubs forward or pruning um that's a, a reference to the Somebody who uh, did some pruning of his hedge last year and cut through the satellite oh, cable. Oh no! Absolutely. Cables, cables are. Who <laughs> is it? Somebody who's on the radio who's on. Well, I couldn't possibly comment, <laughs> but thanks, Steve, for reminding me, Mr. Steve Hyde. There. Oh dear! I th- oh, come on, Rod. About with most of them have done it sometime. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
And, and another thing, you know, I've always said, oh, and do it end of February. Oh, do it end of February, you know. Um, so cutting down autumn raspberries and things like that, now's the time to do it. And you'll probably find that, again, they're starting to shoot at the base. Cut them right down to the ground. And that that's the wonderful thing about the autumn raspberries. They're nearly, they're nearly flower and fruit as early as the summer ones. And they're fantastic now, not like the old old varieties years ago that got no taste at all. They're just as good as the summer varieties now. So if you are thinking about some raspberries, get some Joan Jay or Autumn Bliss or one of those vari- those modern varieties, and you'll have some cracking um, uh, raspberries. And what about protecting them from birds? What, what do you need well, to? Well, I mean, yes, it all depends. Some in some parts of the country, birds don't seem to affect the, you know, attack them. In other parts, they they just annihilate them. And if you're in the that situation, you, you're going to have to have a fruit cage or something. You know, it's um, obviously we can't shoot every blackbird that goes near your raspberries. So um, create some protection first. Yeah. Um, but they're devils. You know, some people put um, a fleece over them, but if they can get underneath, they will do. They're devils, and once and once they do like them, Rod, that you'll you'll never keep them away. They absolutely um, annihilate them. Something we have to do. <laughs> uh, Steve Hyde um, uh, is asking how severe can you how severely can you prune blueberry bushes, and is now a good time. Um, yes, you can prune them now. I wouldn't only normally do with the acid, the acid fruit, things like that, the old crowberries and all sorts of things. It's just thin them out that little bit. That's all you need to do. And many of many of them are grown in containers because obviously most of them like acid soil. And if you haven't got acid soil, you have to grow them in a container. Well, make sure that you feed with a complete plant food. I don't mind, mine's my favourite's phosphogen, um, which has got everything in it. And um, and that's um, something you really, really need to do. I put a little film on about me top dressing a container oh, yeah. and um, the other day, and I was top dressing it with a compost and I used ericaceous and some slow-release fertiliser. And um, so when it rains and when I, or I, when I water it, that slow release fertilizer will release some of it. It take it works for about six months, so it'll yeah. take it through to September, October, which is you don't really need to take it through to um, any longer than that. But um, that yes, so um, you you can do that as well. But also remember the containers. You know when we get to the beginning of um, winter. We tend to think, oh, we don't need to water them anymore. Even an acer, with it's lost all its leaves. Well, those roots still like a bit of moist soil, moist soil around them. So always, occasionally, give them some, um, give them some water. And yeah. evergreens, uh, they need watering. Well, just as just as they normally would in summer, really. And we had a really dry spell a few weeks back, didn't we? Oh, about the three weeks with no rain. It was yeah, unbelievable. But, yeah, the thing is, Rod, what we've had is not that great for no, containers. We haven't had a lot. No, not for um, evergreens. 
the other thing I've been doing, Roddy, is pruning me, finished pruning me uh, apple. Um, I'd got two apple trees here, and um, I had to give them a good prune because they hadn't been pruned for about four or five years. And uh, last year, um, they looked lovely, but got a lot of water shoots. You know, when you take a big branch off, what yeah. happens is the roots want to make up what you've taken off, so it ends up loads and loads of water shoots. So I've taken all those off, and it um, it look looking fabulous again. I got a cracking crop last year. Um, it really did. Hardly any the first year we came, but um, wonderful crop of apples. And I'm just we're just eating the last of the. Um, we just get through to March, so. I think it's a Charles Ross, one of them. So um, yeah, they kept right the way through to uh, to March in a in the shed. Although I did notice the other day a mouse has um, got its teeth into one, so I'm going to have to be careful. <laughs> Here's Frank. Never did get my old fruit trees pruned as uh, as in chainsawing. Is it too late or too early? Need to get dead branches off and reduce them a bit. Uh, yeah. They are. Ah oh, no, uh, Frank. No, it's. Um, when we had a com- when we grew fruit commercially, we were still pruning when the blossom was on. So don't worry too much about that. And you correct. Get rid of the dead first. Then you know what you've you're left with. You know you don't prune and then suddenly find that what one of the branches you've left is dead. Taking dead off won't affect the tree. That won't make it produce water shoots because it doesn't it doesn't know that wood's there. But then be careful. It's best to bring them back little, you know, little and often. So a bit one year and then a bit more the next. So you get them back to how you want them. And to see to see trees, apple trees pruned properly is lovely. It, it, it really is. And there's nothing, to me, the character in an old apple tree, and I've got two, is wonderful. I can just sit there and look at them and, and you find faces in the bark as well. I found a face <laughs> the other day in the bark where an old branch was taken off. The old witch of fake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, on yeah. Tr- actually, on trees, uh, can we just um, talk about that? I've, I've just ordered my tree. Uh, um, I've gone for an Amalanchia Lamarckia. I'm very excited about that. A lot of people will be getting trees now and ordering trees. Do you want to just go through some some basics uh, for when your new tree arrives well if uh, if it's whenever a tree comes if it's frosty just heal it in somewhere just dig the frost away and and just lay it in and never mix frosty soil in with the roots um most important to do that check the roots make sure there's if there's any damaged ones just get your secateurs and cut those off because they're going to die in the soil and and, and rot away. Um, and then when you've got the time, you plant, you make a – and preparation is vital. If you've got heavy soil, really go down deeper than you actually need to and then refill. Then refill it and put your stake in first. I know it can, it sounds difficult if you've got a plant in a container, but sometimes it's worth putting your where there's your tree and putting a stake in like that rather than going through the root ball of your container and then just 
put a tie round it, um, and that'll hold it up until it's nice and nice and firm. If you if you get in, if you're having an apple tree on a on a dwarf rootstock, it will have uh, particularly M9 or M27. It will have to be M27 particularly. It'll have to be staked all its life, but it won't grow very big, and you'll be able to pick all the fruit off off the ground. But anything else, get give it a good stake and then leave it there for four or five years, and then you can take it away because the plant will have established. And some people say it's best to use a quarter stake so that you've got a big stem and you just go a smaller stake because what happens there is the top can waft a little bit and that encourages roots to grow. You know, because it's while it's doing that, it's also just moving the well, not really moving them, but they react to it and they will grow out. So I always quarter stake now, just yeah. to just to keep it upright. Good tip. Um, yeah, and watering. Uh, it's important to keep them well watered in those first few weeks. Yeah, yeah, the first the first year in particular, while it's um, yeah, just keep an eye out. If you go a few weeks without. Um, you know, it doesn't rain. And normally between April and September, we always get a deficit of rain over, you know, we use more than what falls. So um, and, uh, unless, of course, you really get a deluge in summer, and we mm. very often do after a hot day. Yeah, just keep an eye out, Rod, like you say, and water. Last year must have been a nightmare for anybody who put a tree in because we had that summer and um yeah yeah i think it's it's that's why i was think it's best to get your trees in winter and uh, get them in ready for the spring so they've got they've get they get a bit of the winter rain not that we've had a lot this year i mean it's been no, weird, weird we haven't weather. we haven't no but i think it's it's always been like this you know i think yeah. we it's i gardening. don't know as i get it's gardening older, as you say yeah yes that's gardening <laughs> Uh, this is um, uh, Shirley Wright. My nareens have pushed themselves right out of the ground. Should I replant them just under the soil, please? Um, yes, you, you're best to if you can carefully, yeah, carefully put them in. The thing is with nareens, we do plant right near the surface because um, they need to be baked by the sun to get the best to get the best on the flowering and um we've got some fantastic nearines around here the the soil's pretty poor and that's they do enjoy that and if you can put them under say a south facing wall um and just with the tip of the bulb underneath that's the best yeah so yeah definitely put them back in yeah. Lynn Cullum has got a question. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, I have a scrumptious apple tree on an M26 rootstock. I believe it's a tip uh, bearer, so presumably I don't need to winter prune. The only, well, you can very often tell whether a tree is a tip bearer or a spur bearer, and some are both. Um, some trees make lots of little spurs, you know, the little shoots and then shoot again, and you end up with this spur. Others, you'll find, have lots of little side shoots and they flower on the end of those little side shoots. They are tip bearers. And then you've got others that are both. They do both. So, yes, you you can still do a bit of winter pruning, but the worst thing you can do is go round and say, oh, I'll just cut everything back 
and uh, you know and because uh, you've cut all your all potential your flowers off, off. Yeah. so um, yes if it's definitely m26 is um, a root stock that very often they use now um for things that you buy from garden centers just one of the most important things get out there as much as you can now because Day by day, even though we're getting some cold weather, you will see a difference. Crocuses are out and everything. So, um, yep, you can do a little bit of pruning. Just, again, as I've mentioned, keep an eye out for any little seedlings that are coming up. And if you're not sure what they are, don't just get the hoe out. And 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 if you, if you know it's a, a dandelion, you can get your little trowel and get under those and get those out but anything you're not sure of it's a great it's a great idea just leave something if you're not sure let it grow a little bit and then when you realize it's a weed or something like that you could even leave it and um, you know enjoy it because some of the some of the wildflowers are fabulous um i've been planting i've been sowing all different things red campions and things like that in a little bank that I've got next to the pond. Um, and last week, I got my first whirligig beetle tearing around on the surface. <laughs> so, and and today, um, the sun was shining into the pond, so the snails were on that side of the pond. They were all over the place. And um, it's it's wonderful. I can I can lie for hours at the side of a pond and just gaze in and uh, watch what's happening in there. Okay, well, I think we're I think we're done and dusted, John. Uh, yes. Thank you as ever for your time and your wisdom and knowledge. It's always <laughs> always appreciated. And uh, thank you for your questions. And we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. I am attempting to get a couple of guests. I think we're going to try and get David's Professor David Stevens on at some point soon. And uh, and also, I'm trying to get uh, Rosie Harvey Rosie. on. In the meantime, have a great week's gardening. Can I also thank our group sponsors, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. And uh, if you'd like a quote on any uh, decorating, whether it be indoor, outdoor, uh, they have a Facebook group, Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. And uh, Lane, by the way, is L-A-I-N-G, not L-A-N-E. Fitzgerald Lane Decorators. And uh, they'll give you free free quotes and all of that. John, thank you very much indeed. Okay, and, Rob. Uh, My I'll pleasure talk to you on Boom again. Radio very soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Bye, everybody. Then, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.